Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In one moment, a gift most humans never receive in a lifetime. Stand by for action. This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. What I do on this show doesn't matter. My legacy is cemented. I'm good with the listeners. They adore me. And what I say doesn't matter. Jeff Lutz. All you do is make it about you. During the show, I want to be available and accessible. Excellent. 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Stand by for action. Welcome back, everyone. Hour number two, the Bob and Jeff Show on KFH Radio. Max Power is producing and engineering the show. 869-1240 is the phone number. Hour number one included our interview with Jim Callis, MLBpipeline.com. We ask uh, and recommend that you go back and listen to anything on our show that you didn't get a chance to hear on the Odyssey app, also at KFHradio.com. Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star will join us at about 325 today. So we're looking forward to that as we uh, track the Major League Baseball deadline uh, coming up, trade deadline coming up Tuesday. Uh, one minor deal made so far today, Carlos Santana. I'll call Carlos Minor. Uh, to the guy. Brewers. And then our central interdivisional swap between the Pirates and the Brewers. The Brewers will do some things at the deadline. They always do. They they have a they have a dang good team, and I hate it. Uh, they have really good pitching, and they've got some young players and offense, and they're probably going to win that division. Who was traded for Carlos Corbin Burns? I assume. No, they got a shortstop uh, that they recently picked in the international draft. All right. Um, I thought Carlos would be worth more than that. but Carlos is just an okay guy. I know, but I, I absolutely love him. That's what you do. You you fall in love with his mediocre talent. Carlos Santana's not mediocre. That's why Cleveland stays where they are. Why has he played 15 years in the big leagues at mediocre? He's a good player. I mean, he's fine. Not a Hall of Famer. Didn't say he was a Hall not of Famer. Not a guy that, uh, you know, I mean, he's fine. Right? I mean, there's better what than, else is there? Better than fine. He's a, a highly above average major league player with a, a pedigree, a track record, uh, on base skills, a little bit of power, positional versatility, uh, a good teammate. There's nothing wrong he with He is that. in his 14th season, so I'll give you that. He debuted back in 2010. Uh, Do you remember where you were when that happened? No. We watched that game together. What team was he debuting with? 
Really? Where yeah. were we watching it? Here, down here in the basement. They played Pittsburgh, and I went nuts because he had like a— Why were we watching it down here? I don't know. I don't really remember. Why were you here? I don't know. That's bizarre. He has had four—never uh, had a season of more than 93 RBIs. Did hit—is on the cusp of 300 homers if he can get 10 more. Uh, he's driven in— 978, so he's getting close to 1,000 RBIs, 962 runs scored, getting relatively close to 1,000 runs. Pretty good career, isn't it? Yeah, I'd put that in a that, – that would be a pretty good career. A, it, a, that's a remarkable career. A pretty good career. No, don't do that. 788 uh, career OPS, 114 OPS plus. Uh career 242 hitter that's where it starts to go downhill he's never been an average hitter he's he's a walks guy he's a walks guy guy. he's led the league in walks a few times Uh, and you know what you get for that a cookie you get and they send you and they send you walks i heard a great discussion about walks the other day and I can't remember what they were saying well they must not have been that great uh i can't remember what they were saying but the guy said, "I much prefer a guy who get up there and swing than a guy who's going to well, take that person was a dumb. bunch of walks because the the guys that get up there and swing, God, what was his point? It was so good, and uh, I promised myself I was going to remember. What's the uh, job of a batter? Get on base. To get, to, yeah, to get That's on base. It. That's it. And then, and preferably to get on second base." Well, if they get into scoring position, right. if the next guy you know gets walk, on base, guys walk, get into scoring position. Does he not have many doubles? No, nah, he's not that much of a doubles yeah, guy. Yeah, not much. 359. He's never had 40 doubles in a season. So he's a 30 doubles, 20 homers, 100 walks guy. Oh, that's terrible. He's okay. That's terrible. He's an okay player. Wrong. See, this again. This is why you don't win in Cleveland, because you're willing to settle for these kinds of players. Carlos Santana is excellent, and he was excellent for most of his time in Cleveland. (laughs) At the risk of becoming repetitive, I got players like that in St. Louis coming out of the woodwork. Who? All of them. So every guy, I got five guys who hit thirty homers. Every guy with uh, the Cardinals is going to have three hundred career homers and a thousand RBIs. Is that, what, I, is that well, what you're saying? Okay, predict this. I don't know if I'll be around when Nolan Gorman comes to the end of his career. Will he have better numbers than Carlos Santana? Does he walk? Because I know his average isn't high. I don't care if they walk. I'm trying to compare them. I don't buy a ticket to see a guy walk. I do. Hey, watch this, Melva. This, watch him take four pitches. This will be one of hey, the most exciting. Hey, watch us score five runs in this inning. This because... will be one of the most exciting at bats okay. you'll ever see. Okay, so next time the Cardinals walk a guy with two outs or a leadoff walk, just say, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. Well, I hope it doesn't matter. Uh, but sometimes it does matter. Usually it, it always matters that the guy gets on. He first. walks a lot. Uh, but you know, I mean, what was the point? Is Carla is is Nolan Gorman going to have three hundred plus home runs at the end of his no. career? No, no. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, absolutely. You know how long the odds are that someone 
is born, makes it to the big leagues, and then gets 300 home runs. We don't think about that enough. Uh, how hard this is. He's 23. He's got 36 homers. And he just turned 23. So he can't get hurt. He can't slump. If he averages 10 homers for the next 30 years, 30 years for the 30 homers for the next 10 years, which seems very doable for him, he's only going to get better, right? I don't know. What if he falls off a cliff after 27? Have you seen the guy? Did you see the two home runs he hit yesterday in Arizona? You don't know how he's going to age. Both of them over 440 feet. I know how he's going to age. No, you don't. He's going to be great. Walks a little, but not that much. We don't pay him to walk. Nolan, you got great power, but go up and take a few pits. That's just ridiculous. Hey, Nolan, you got great power, so these guys might not want to throw you anything to hit. Don't expand the strike zone and get yourself out. If you have to, take a walk because we want you to be on base. The next guy that says that to Nolan Gorman should be fired. Well, then Nolan Gorman should be fired. Of course you don't want to swing at terrible pitches, but if you've got transformative power and a pitch is you like a pitch that's an inch or two off the plate we want you to crush it well then you'll fly to left good for him that's what we want you to do crush it that's what we teach good not, not what you teach in what, cleveland what place are you in uh mr santana please if you if you don't mind draw a couple walks today and he did draw drew over 100 I mean, uh what place what place what? Are you in with that philosophy? Well, this year we're having a terrible year. We'll swing at bad pitches and try to homer. That's a, that's a good one. A ba- we're not having a great year this year. Uh-huh. Neither are you. Neither are we, but we're philosophy. 500. In a division that might be the most putrid in the history of baseball. In a division. We play everybody. But you play your teams, the teams in your division more. Understood. You you get to play the Royals. We we get to play the Royals, but only four times. You get to play the Pirates. You get to play them thirteen. I mean, my goodness, get real. Well, I'm talk be- about reality. I don't have time to talk about. Uh, well, like you're in a juggernaut division. Your division's okay. Well, it's getting better. Yeah, it was terrible to start the year. It's gotten better. The well, Reds and the Brewers are pretty good. The, the Reds Cubs can't play well. What? The Reds can't pitch. Well, they got a bunch of pitchers. They can't beat Milwaukee. They got a bunch of pitchers who are hurt. Well, have some depth. The the Reds have depth, and they're going to be a factor for quite some time. That worries me, and that's why when the Cardinals uh, start messing around, they got to take into account that the Brewers and the Reds and the Cubs and even the Pirates are building good teams. The Pirates could be next year's Reds. Maybe. I don't think they have quite the level of talent. They've brought up some of their guys. They get O'Neill Cruz back, which will help. He's He's got Ellie De La Cruz-like talent. That second baseman, DeMar, what's his name? DeMar, Termar Johnson. Termar Johnson. He's going to be great. Looks like he it. He and, uh, and O'Neill Cruz as their shortstop second base tandem. That's phenomenal. They're going to be really good for a long time. Yeah, they need a pitch also. They got young pitching. Not any them. Not that's uh, really broken out and showed us a whole lot. It's on the way. Trust me. Okay. The team that doesn't have any young pitching on the way is the Cardinals. 
and that's what they need to accomplish at this trade deadline. You is, say that, but they have three guys, Graceffo, McGreevy, and Hintz, who— I'm not impressed by Graceffo or McGreevy. They've taken steps back this year. All right. And it's too early to know on Tank Hintz. I'm just being real. There are some things that are exciting about him, but he's he's a young guy. He's, he hasn't built up stamina. Not yet. So I'm not I'm not counting my chickens with any of those people. Okay. The Cardinals need pitching throughout their system. I hope I'm sitting here Tuesday at about this time telling you I feel a lot better about the pitching, not only at the major league level, but in the minor leagues. Well, I hope hard they to acquire add. at least six pitchers in hard this trade deadline. A lot. I mean, that's what I'm hopeful six? of. Six? Yes. And then they sign at least two as free agents. Well, I hope uh, that happens for you. You do not seem to trust your man, John Mosellac, to I don't trust acquire him. the right guys and especially trade the right guys. I'm telling you what I'm hoping for, what well, they need. They need an infusion of pitching in that organization. I don't, I don't like you getting your hopes up like this. Well, don't worry about my hopes. We have such hope. different philosophies on this. Don't worry about my I'd hope. I'd love to have a, a bat, but I'm not going to sit here and like, oh, we, we're getting that 40 homer guy. Well, because your team doesn't do anything. We've done stuff. You get Amir Garrett and Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, th I mean, two fireballers. Yeah, they got good arms. Noah Syndergaard doesn't. No, he's 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 throwing ninety-one now. Yeah, he's not he's not what he was. Uh, if you'd gotten Noah Noah Syndergaard in two thousand fifteen, we'd have a discussion. Even last year, he wasn't terrible. This year, he's just terrible. Well, I'm sorry. And the Dodgers couldn't fix I it. See, I see why you are despondent about your team. I'm not going to be that way. I'm not despondent. I'm actually pretty optimistic. I'm going to be hopeful that the Cardinals pull off some good deals at the trade deadline. If they don't, I'll be the first on board to rip them. What if uh, it's kind of in the middle? Then I'll say that. So you're okay with them making some moves? Right. Huh? I'm okay with them replenishing their pitching. Okay, but I'm saying that's if what it's, they have to do. But if it's in the middle, no, you'll, be, gonna, you'll be mad. No, I'm not going to be in the middle. They got to do it right. So if they only get four pitchers, you'll, you won't. It depends on who the four are. Okay. I'll do the evaluating. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you, all, you should. Because you know why? Uh -uh. Because I'm that rare fan who tells it like it is. I'm not a homer. I'm not going to give you. I'm not going to blow sunshine. That's not what I You're do. You're a homer. But I'm not going to blow sunshine. If I disagree with something, I'm going to make it known. Well, who doesn't? I, I think, do that on I Twitter. I think everybody does that. No, there's a lot of homers. Hmm. I think most people are perpetually mad about what their teams are the, doing. The Cardinals broadcasters are, are homers to the nth degree. Well, they, they don't really count. And I'm not. Gary's not not very good. He's not that great. I like the guy, but he's not that good. He could be a one-year deal in St. Louis. Maybe. It's not, not a great I don't know what fit. his contract is. Uh, but I don't think he's connected with our, with our fan base. And I don't know what they'll do. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't wish 
bad upon you or the St. Louis Cardinals. Thank you. you yeah, I think in some small way you're still a Cardinals fan. No. Yeah. I'm not. I pay no. attention to them because no, you're I want to be able to talk about them with you. You're but I don't. I have no lingering feeling. I don't think so. You look at those birds on the bat, and it just kind of gets you. I'm a Cleveland guy. We will be back and talk uh, with Blair Kirkhoff, sports reporter for the Kansas City Star. Lots to talk to Blair about. Downtown stadium for the Royals. Chiefs on the cusp of defending a Super Bowl. Expansion in the Big 12. All of those topics we'll cover with Blair Kirkhoff next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Major Tom, the name of the song from 1969 from Peter Schilling. Celebrate the first moon landing. Blair Kirkhoff joins us from the Kansas City Star. Blair, some uh, breaking news. Uh, Joe Burrow carted off the practice field. Not sure how serious it is, but that's certainly something that will draw the interest of football fans everywhere, huh? Yeah, and especially in Kansas City. So I'm, I'm just looking exactly. at the video of that. And, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope it's not serious. I hope it's not the Achilles. If it's the Achilles, he'd be out for the season. And I, I'm hoping it's not that. I'm hoping it's just like a calf muscle problem. But, uh, yeah, here's here's hoping he's not hurt seriously. But it does, doesn't look good. Yeah, let's, let's hope. Uh, Blair Kirkhoff, our guest. So I want to start with the Big 12, Blair. We've had the addition now, uh, all but official, of Colorado coming back to the conference. Uh, what do you think the next move is? Is there a next move? And uh, Brett Yormark is – uh, man, he's a high roller. He is, uh, uh, he is a mover and a shaker, and different than what we're used to out of the Big 12 uh, over the years. We're, we're used to the Big 12 playing defense in realignment games, and they are 
absolutely on the offense when it comes to uh, Brett Yermark and and what's what's going on right now. So I'm I'm a little surprised that I'm not surprised that Colorado uh, is doing this. It, the timing's a little bit interesting to me. I'm wondering if there weren't some ultimatums given to to Colorado by the Big 12 saying we need we need something by the end of the month um, or we're, we're going to yank the invitation because it's not Colorado and somebody else. You know, we were, why would, you know, why would the big 12 just, you know, take in one to become 13 in 2024? There, there's got to be some more coming behind them, but Colorado's the first, just as they were the first, uh, Colorado was the first to leave uh, the big 12 back in the, uh, from the original 12, they were, um, it, it, by a day, they beat Nebraska. So uh, they were the first to leave, and now they're the first to leave the Pac-12 to, to come back. Not the first to leave the Pac-12, because UCLA and USC did, but at least in this this year, the first one to, to come back to the Big 12. So, yeah, there's more to come, uh, because there is never just one move in realignment. There's, it's it, The first move begins a series of moves, and... I wouldn't be surprised if we saw one of the other corner schools or all three of the three remaining. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we've seen the kind of the beginning of the PAC 12 as we know it. Yeah. I was going to ask you that you talked about uh, big, the big 12 playing offense, just how do you feel and, and what do you think about uh, uh, how the big 12 has played this? They did wait for a couple don- dominoes to fall early and they certainly have lost a, a couple powerhouses, but other than that, they've been, they've been really aggressive. How do you uh, kind of like that approach? Well, I, I, I do like that, um, that, in, 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 you know, at, at the level beneath the sec in the big 10 there, you know, the, 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 that's when all kind of all bets are off and it's, every every it's every conference for itself and the you know over the last decade the big 12 has been um you know kind of vulnerable right so same with the acc and the pac-12 they, they've all been a little bit vulnerable because they don't they're not worth as much uh from a you know from a tv uh, landscape as the sec and the big 10 so it it, it, it really has behooved the, the Big 12 to have a, an aggressive conference commissioner. So in my perfect world, there would be room for the ACC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12. Uh, I, I don't, having gone through this a couple of times, I'm, I don't wish, you know, what's happening in the Pac-12 on anybody, uh, you know, what's happening in the Pac-12 right now. I don't, I, I'm, I'm good with a 10, you know, with, with Colorado staying and them getting a TV contract that, um, you know that makes sense for their schools, but the reality is, if they're if if they're not getting if if those presidents aren't seeing the money uh, from you know from a future TV deal that the Big Twelve can guarantee, which is about thirty one and a half million dollars a year, if if they're not approaching that, then then I think that the you know it's it's smart for Colorado and other Pac twelve schools to consider their options and. And then take what uh, what Brett Yermark can offer, and that's you know that's money that is the third best money among the major conferences. It's better than the ACC. So, yeah, listen, if you're Colorado, I think that's what this was decision was about for Colorado, and will be for at least one more school. Talking uh, college football, Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star. So, you're tuned in as well as anybody, especially to the Big Twelve. Uh, we're years now after the decisions made by Nebraska 
and Missouri, and I want to focus just on those two schools because obviously Colorado is coming back to the Big 12. Uh, would Nebraska and Missouri in a perfect world like to come back to the Big 12, in your opinion? Well, if that perfect world is financial equality, if, if they could if they could pick a conference, if, if all conferences paid the same, if there was revenue sharing and you know financial balance in college sports, yeah, I, absolutely. I've talked to enough people from from Nebraska and from Missouri to know that there there are many things about their current situations that they don't like, and you know, having lost the you know for Missouri, having lost the rivalry with you know with, with especially with KU, but also with K State and Iowa State and places that their fans could drive to easily and and um, uh, you know and same with Nebraska, even though. The Nebraska-Colorado rivalry wasn't an older old one, but it, but it was you know it was pretty established. It was um, it was good. I mean, it started in the in the in the 90s, and the schools really got into it, especially after Nebraska lost the the yearly rivalry with Oklahoma because of the formation of the Big 12, which, by the way, I thought was probably the biggest mistake that happened in the formation of the Big 12 was losing the annual Oklahoma-Nebraska football rivalry. And I don't know if keeping it would have meant anything about uh, keeping the league together, but it didn't help things when, when that game didn't get uh, uh, played on an annual basis. But, yeah, yeah. Listen, and I'm looking at it from, uh, you know, any, any opinion I have is based because of where I am in, in Kansas City. And, um, you know, I don't know if, if a Missouri fan in St. Louis – would feel the way or a Nebraska fan in Chicago would feel this way. But, uh, but I know that the fan bases here uh, really do lament the fact that those schools are not no longer in the big 12. And, and we just take Missouri's situation. You know, they, they play, they play opponents that really Missouri fans don't know, don't care about. They're trying to get, you know, a, a buzz with Arkansas, but that hasn't taken uh, really hasn't taken hold yet. And, um, Nebraska doesn't have, you know, they've, they've got the game, the annual game with Iowa, but that hasn't replaced Colorado or, or any of the others in the hearts and minds, I think, of Huskers fans. So, yeah, yeah, if if they could be paid the same amount of money to be in a different conference, I think they would still be in, a, in, a, in one that makes more geographical sense to them. So I was going to ask you about the Chiefs, and I, and I just thought of this because uh, I was going to bring up Chris Jones and, and his – uh, absence from camp and uh, the Chiefs' philosophy about roster building, and I and I made a connection between uh, the Chiefs and and Andy Reid and how Bill Belichick kind of ran the Patriots for a lot of years. This I, I want my quarterback. Uh, I have maybe two or three other indispensable pieces, but outside of that, I can build the a receiving core that may not look flashy. I can build a, a defense of young players. I can rely on some late round. Uh, draft picks to contribute. Do you see that connection at all? Because, like I said, I just thought of it. Yes, I do. Um, and of course, that you know that whole idea of the Patriots' way uh, only worked because Tom Brady was as good as he was. And as long as you had Tom Brady, and as long as he had, you know, at least in the second half of his career, a player like uh, Gronkowski, and, uh, and they had some, you know, they had some stalwarts in the first part of his career as well. But as long as you had that. Uh, you, you had a you had a formula for success, and I, I I think that was the lesson of the Patriots dynasty that that uh, there are a lot of 
uh, you know, dispensable players. Uh, and and you, know, you can you, you don't have to overpay for you know, a non-quarterback, and and you could and, and you could still be in the playoffs every year. And if you're playoff every, and if you're in the playoffs every year, you have a chance to win the championship. And and, and they hit on it. So um, yeah, I, I do think that's that, that's what the the Chiefs are thinking. That that doesn't mean they won't pay Chris Jones a big salary. I I think I, I would lean more toward that actually happening. That they're going to make him the if one of if not the highest paid defensive player in the game you know which which is where Aaron Donald is right now um and and, and I, I just think he means that much to this Chiefs defense but um but but it's it's just not the Chiefs way to to have a player including the quarterback who is the highest paid at his position they just have not operated that way you know Kel, Travis Kelsey is number 3 right now among tight ends I think George Kittle's the top paid tight end in, in the NFL and Kelsey's okay with that. I mean, there's, um, and, and Mahomes is okay where he is salary wise. That's such a big deal, right? And in sports, you know, people are saying how unfair is it to, you know, to Mahomes to not be the highest paid on an annual average salary basis. And he's good with it. He's, he understands the game. He knows that, uh, you know, the, the rings are what matters, and this helps an organization get the rings that structure his contract the way that it is. And, um, and, and you know, there was there were never many years where Tom Brady was the highest paid quarter, not only player, but quarterback in the game. Um, but nobody feels nobody feels like Mahomes is not being fairly you know, adequately compensated, and he still has the largest contract uh, the, uh, among North American pro sports athletes from a, you know, from a total compensation standpoint, nobody's at, you know, 480 billion or 480 million, whatever, whatever that number is, it's about 480, I believe. So um, he, he does have that going for him, but I, yeah, it's, it's a great point. And I, I think that's how, um, you know, one of the reasons the chiefs have been able to maintain the success that they've had throughout the Mahomes era. One more question for Blair Kirkhoff, longtime sports writer from the Kansas City Star, and it involves the Royals, and, and uh, they're fascinating in their own way. They're having a historically bad season on the field. Uh, their owner, John Sherman, trying to make the case for a new ballpark downtown. I, it's, it, there couldn't be two things that clash more. How's that going to be resolved, in your opinion, Blair? Well, the the great thing is um, the the fans and the voters are are going to uh, be able to weigh in at the ballot box probably next April and how they feel about the Royals with the downtown or uh, near downtown stadium on the ballot. Then um, it, it's um, I, I don't I, I can't see where fans here would support. The, give the owner what he wants when he hasn't spent any money on the roster. And it really is a bad place. The, the Royals have had terrible seasons in the past, but this one feels different just because there's little hope. Um, there, there's no, there are no top 100 prospects in the system. They, you've got some players on the field that you, that, that are, you know, that are solid and that you think you can build around with, with Bobby Witt Jr. And of course, Salvi's there and uh, Brady Singer's shows, he's got some value, but, there aren't enough of them, and there aren't enough coming through the pipeline either. So it's 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 just hard to fathom how a team can get this bad without uh, with, without the prospects. You know, when 
when they were bad 15 years ago, you still had players like uh, Alex Gordon and Mike Moustakas and Eric Hosmer. And, um, and then you, you traded for players like Alcides Escobar, Lorenzo Cain, James Shield. But there's not enough of that. There's nowhere near enough of that with the Royals right now. And, um, and it, it really is hopeless. And the fact that they're playing in a division where the leader, I think, is four games over 500. So there's opportunity for being, you know, for you know, having success or being in the playoff chase with something less than a perfect team makes it all the more unfortunate for, for Royals fans. All right. As always, uh, we appreciate your thoughts and your insights. Thanks, Blair. Okay. Take care, guys. Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City Star, joining us to talk about uh, Kansas City stuff. A lot of good with the Chiefs. You couldn't ask for anything better. You couldn't ask for anything worse with the Royals. Quite the uh, dichotomy. Is that the right Very word? Good. Very good word. Is that the right word? That works. All right. The dichotomy, it works. You you can you can make that work. Yeah, there's another word. There's a better word Comparison out there. Comparison would be no. Quite the uh, polar opposite. Juxtaposition would be a word that would use. Yeah, that's that works. Uh, yeah, dichotomy. Like you can make it work. I like that. Did you see the exchange between Joey Votto and Mad Dog Chris Russo? Uh, I just heard some of it. That I'm surprised you didn't see that. That did not sound well. I was out of the office most of the day today. Um, Where were did, you? We were we're doing a Monrovian story, so we went down to uh, Riverfront Stadium. How'd that go? It went fine. When is that? Uh, August fifth. Remember next Saturday, SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember. Anyway, Votto's exchange with that was a he wasn't being serious. I didn't I didn't see the end of it. I think there was probably some seriousness to it, but it looked like they were all kind of in on the joke. But Joey Votto, I don't like the guy. You don't? Nah. What is wrong red, with you? He's a red. So I've had what? I've had a lot of run-ins with him over the years. He's awesome. Well, but yeah, but I got to compete against him. That's great, but when he's uh, done like playing, that. when he's done playing, he's an ambassador for the game. Well, yeah, I love I love that, but I don't. I'm not going to l- drop my guard. I'm not going to start letting these people get in and you have should. a piece of my heart. You should love Joey Votto. No, do you love uh, Salvador Perez? I don't hate Salvi Perez. Do you, but do you love him? Eh, I, here's what I don't like. I don't like how people gush over him. He's a really good player. Oh, there you go. See? <laughs> See what I mean? He's not a Hall of Famer. You love Miguel Cabrera? Eh, kind of. I've always respected the hell out of Miguel Cabrera. You love uh, Jose Miranda? Yeah. Now that you see these uh, wind surge guys start to show up in Minnesota, how do you feel about it? Well, they're that? showing up in Minnesota. They're showing up in Baltimore. They're showing up in with the Angels. Showing up everywhere. Not many with Minnesota. That's how this affiliated ball works. And I tried to tell people that when they were wanting to keep the wind surge or the the uh, wing nuts. Listen, the wing nuts had their time. They did something great for our community. I'll never take that away from them. But there's no comparison. 
Baltimore has had three former wind surge players this year. I think that might be more than the actual twins. Uh, they're saying, uh, the coach of the Bengals is saying that the injury to Joe Burrow is a calf strain. Still painful, but not worse Which possible. Which keeps you out a while. But the worry is that, is he the right guy to make that statement? And uh, could it still potentially be an Achilles? Why wouldn't the co- isn't the coach always the guy who announces injuries? I don't know. Why not, I don't know. Yeah, my concern would be that uh, it's it's something a little more serious. Well, don't we'll see root, don't time just go- root for. I said that's my concern. I didn't say I'm rooting for it. I'm I'm doing the opposite of rooting for. Well, it. they said it was a calf strain, so why don't we just go with that until further notice? I'll go notice. with it, but I'm I'm just telling you, I'm not. I don't necessarily just take the first word I hear. Okay. I mean, I guess on some level, like for before you get to Tommy John, you hear a lot of elbow sprains and stuff like that, or right. I, but, I deal with it all the time. The Cardinals underplay an injury. And, uh, you know. But calf versus Achilles, that doesn't seem quite. By the way, uh, right. somebody t- uh, tweeted here two facts. The sun comes up in the morning and Bob Lutz is always right on baseball. That's a nice tweet from our friend Chris. Oh, well. What do you mean, that oh, puts, well? That puts it in a little bit of a different. What do you mean it puts it in a little bit always different? Always right. But come on, Chris. What do you mean at all? What are you, what are you talking about? Just, you know. And then uh, a young woman by the name of Debbie uh, liked that tweet. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. And not my Debbie. Yeah, the kid's mom. It's not a kid. It's a yeah. grown grown man. It's a kid to me. And uh, I'd say that they're, they're on to something. Maybe so. Does that mean I'm wrong? Well, he didn't, he didn't get into all that. Well, you must really have thought that uh, guys taking walks and getting on base is a bad thing, like you do. I don't think it's a bad thing. I just don't know that it's. But I made a good point when you approach it from the other side and you're pitching and you don't want to walk a bunch of guys, right? Because that could be damaging. Oh, I know what the point was. Eh, I can't remember. Oh, let's drive, I can't remember. Let's drive in runs. That's probably what it was. I like I like hitting. Uh, I, but call me crazy. Well, I like to watch a baseball game where there's a lot of hitting, uh, even if the defense catches a lot of the balls. I like I like hitting. Oh, okay. That's to me. That's what makes then baseball. Then throw pitches in the strike zone. Let's hit the ball. Let's catch the ball. Let's throw the ball. Let's do a lot of things with the ball that don't involve watching it go into the catcher's glove. I had, to make, I had to make a lot of calls as official scorer a couple nights ago. What about? I'll give you the... Uh, oh, there are a lot of errors. Uh, what do you mean you five, had... Five errors. And and the guy, I wasn't dealing with the, the supervisor guy because that's the computer side of it, entering play-by-play, but that guy didn't know what he was talking about either. He thought we should have given field, uh, defensive indifference on a stolen base because it was in the ninth inning and the team was up six. The other team was up six. But the catcher threw it. To second base. Well, that's not defensive indifference. Right. Who is this guy? I don't know. And he disagreed with the guy I gave the win to. Who is it? I don't know what his name was. Is he out there at the ballpark? No, he's one of the supervisor guys with MLB. Well, give it, get his number for me. <laughs> we, need, we need to have a conversation. 
I mean, you can't have indifference if you're throwing through on a stolen base. That's the uh, He's like. Well, that's fair, I guess. Come on, man. That's crazy. not like. Oh, okay. Well, that makes perfect. So sense. he's watching the game. He's either watching or listening. Yeah, and a run scored on the play. Well, well was back it? in the day, back in the day, the the official score, whomever that was. Uh, would get his box score ready after the game and fax it off. Right, or take it down to the, but we don't do that. No, there was a fax machine up there, and for for quite some time that was Ted Woodward, and he would uh, fax that baby off. And then a, a youngster by the name of Joe Blick, who's one of the more entertaining people in the history of minor league baseball. Don't know him. He's hilarious. Is he still around? No, I don't think so. I mean, he was pretty old then. Okay. All right. I'd love to have interaction with the team. We have uh, come to the end of a show. We appreciate everyone listening. Good guest today, Jim Callis, MLB.com. Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope you are as well. Have a good night. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.